Have you ever thought about downsizing? How much space does one really need to live in? And the bigger question is, how much stuff do you really need? The reason I ask this is because in 2004, this author went way overboard when she downsized. But surprisingly enough, her story has transformed a segment of the population asking themselves, how much is too much? Hi, this is Greg Grasso, and you're listening to Chapter 1. Today, I'm with Dee Williams. Dee Williams is a... Uh, I'll call her a pioneer. She uh, she uh, left it all in 2004, built herself a, uh, I think, under 100-square-foot house and uh, is living the dream. Dee, how are you? I'm good. That's a good introduction. <laughs> oh, I've good. never been called a pioneer before. Well, I think you're a pioneer. Anybody that does what you've done I, takes a lot of gumption and... It makes you know. me feel taller. Yeah, it makes me feel taller. <laughs> it makes me feel hardier. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's see. You you had something happen to you a few years ago. You had you had a medical emergency, which kind of uh, turned a big light bulb on, and uh, it, it it affected you in uh, quite a different way. Um, so what happened? Well, uh, yeah, a big light bulb is a good way of describing it. I I lived in a big three bedroom house in Portland, Oregon, and uh, you know I'm I'm a runner, a climber, uh, go getter, working full time plus, and a part of that work was you know racing off to make money to pay for my house. At, you know, Portland market at the time was super expensive, mm-hmm. so I'd you know wormed my way into this house. And, and I talk about this in the Big Tiny about how you know my life savings went toward a house that needed a lot of repair, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so I ended up spending you know when I wasn't at work making money to pay the mortgage, I was at home trying to fix something. Yeah. And uh, I landed in the hospital. I had had a heart attack and uh, was diagnosed with cardiomyopathy, which is um, the, kind of the, the layman's term is congestive heart failure, and. All of a sudden, you know, I got home from the hospital, and uh, I was sitting in my living room, and the question became, you know, so so what's next? You know, do I want to keep working? Do I want to, you know, continue to chip away at a 30-year mortgage I might not live long enough to enjoy? Or, you know, how do I want to spend my time? And all of a sudden, you know, my stuff seemed really inconsequential, and the thing that I really, really wanted was to go hang out with my friends. I wanted to, to go visit my folks. I wanted to hang out with my niece and nephew and babysit for my friends' kids. I wanted to go, I wanted to hike the Continental Divide if, if my heart could endure that. Um, and I didn't want to kind of continue on this kind of revolving hamster cage of running to work and coming home and fixing things. So the idea of building something small um, came to me. Uh, I was sitting in at the doctor's office and read an article about a guy who had built a tiny house. And uh, I kind of pulled pulled the magazine article kind of up close and looked at his arms. And it's like, you know, he doesn't look that burly. I could build a house. If he could build a house, I could build a house. Um, and I, you know, knew my way around some power tools, but I had never built anything like that. So uh, ultimately, I decided to go for it and see what happened. And uh, over three months and $10,000 was able to create this beautiful little cedar cabin. Mm-hmm. 
it's cuter than hell. <laughs> I, I love it. <laughs> yeah, well, you would. People in Idaho, they invented this stuff, I think. You know, it's like mm-hmm. I grew up playing with Lincoln Logs that I think were shipped directly from Idaho. Yeah. It, it reminds me of the sheep herders. Uh, you know, there was a big bass community. It was, still yeah. is out here in Idaho. And that reminds me of the, uh, you know, the sheep herders and their wagon because they, they took that wherever uh, they were grazing and they had to spend right. the night and you know well yeah. it, re- it reminded me of the the summer cabins that i would see in colorado when i was hiking or up mm. in the sawtooth mm-hmm. you know these beautiful you know all i needed was a lake and some mountains in the background and uh a corn cob pipe and i'd be set <laughs> you're my kind of woman <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I, uh, I, boy, oh boy, I'm, I'm still looking for that uh, way out to, to uh, sustain myself and to get away from all the crap. There's way too much crap going on in the world today, and sometimes I really don't want to be a part of it. Um, yeah, well, the cool thing, you know, uh, in my little house when I when I built it, I, I think I was a pretty fearful person. I was afraid of my health and afraid of you know, spending my time the right way, I, you know, there was a lot of a lot of fear kind of set up inside me. And uh, a cool thing about, you know, living in a house the size of a Tic Tac mm-hmm. and having it parked in somebody else's yard and having to ask for water. I don't have running water, and we can talk about that. But mm-hmm. the cool thing about all of that is that you, you kind of get an opportunity to let go of some of your fear. Um, you, know, you get a chance to kind of lean into the fact that people are kind and lean into the idea that nature is stunning every single minute. You know, it's not something that you enjoy when you're on vacation. You know, so all of that has done its work on me and I don't I don't think I'm uh I don't think I need to get away quite in the way that I used to because I I have a pretty cool day to day. Um what about sustainability? I mean were are, were you really thinking about that? Were you were you thinking, uh, uh, you know, I might as well live my life out, and uh, uh, I don't need well, much. And yeah, I think uh, I think the the idea I had I had always called myself, you know, I'm an outdoor girl, uh, and I I'd always called myself an environmentalist, but you know, I I didn't really have an opportunity to practice that environmental ethic in the way that I wanted to. Um, in part because I was busy. I was busy getting to work, driving my car, got to get there, got to get to work. And I have a job as uh, a hazardous waste inspector, so it's an environmental job. But again, you know, um, my day-to-day didn't really give me a chance to enjoy my natural environment that much. Most of the places that I went to at work were industrial sites where, you know, nature is really marginalized at best. Mm -hmm. So, you know, all of a sudden, You know, by building a a little house and having an $8 a month utility bill and having a super energy efficient little tiny house, I can work part time. I can enjoy nature differently. Mm -hmm. And I I also have time to examine all of those places in my life that still need a lot of work. So, you know, I tried gardening a couple years ago and I still need to work on that. I, in most of my, most of my crops were pretty bad, to be honest. <laughs> so, um, you know, I want to work on my, I want to work on my, uh, you know, that whole farm to fork thing. I want to work on uh, eating better and 
uh, growing my own food. That's my, that's my next adventure. Yeah, yeah, neat, neat. I do I do a lot of container gardening. Um, oh, awesome! Yeah, because I cook. I cook a, for a hobby. I cook Italian food, and um, <sighs> so I yeah, I, I've been cooking since I was a baby. Actually, oh my gosh, I'm so jealous of people like you. Oh come on, I'm jealous of people like you. You you said the hell. Well, with you could you, you could said come the hell over with... to my house. You could come over to my house and try to cook on my one burner stove and see what you could do. I bet I bet whatever you cook, honey, is, I can anything. cook anything on anything. I can walk into any <laughs> kitchen anywhere and make something. I mean, that that's what I enjoy about uh, the cooking. But I enjoy the gardening because, first of all, I won't buy a tomato anywhere. I mean, tomatoes uh-huh. taste like crap nowadays. <laughs> Excuse right, me. Right, it's true. And you know, you need. I love tomatoes, um, uh, uh-huh. romas, and and uh, you know, big ones to just slice. You know, and throw on some bread with some mayonnaise, and I mean, just really good stuff. That sounds awesome. Yeah. So you'll get there. Well, you'll get there. You, you just need a little bit of land. Yeah. Well, I need some some tips too. I need help. Yeah. And you know, this is this is the thing. Um, in the big tiny, I, I talk about kind of playing anthropologist with myself and mm-hmm. coming to terms with the fact that I was never going to be a chef like you. Mm-hmm. And um, a part of that is because I hate to cook. Mm-hmm. I hate mm-hmm. to cook. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, I love to eat, but I hate to cook. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, looking around my big three bedroom house and. Uh, coming to terms with the fact that I, I never used three of the four burners uh, on my stove, and <laughs> you know uh, the refrigerator was full of condiments instead of food. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, yeah. it made it easier to downsize when I, I can, owned up to the honest truth about the whole thing. What can I do and, with these mustard mustard packs? <laughs> yeah, or these soy sauce packages. Yeah, right. And, yeah. Right. <laughs> and uh, you know, so so it's, it's been really awesome over the last ten years to kind of. Um, own up to what works and what doesn't work in, right. in my little house and and to explain explain that to myself a little bit, you know. So so as an example, you know, the gardening thing, you know, why haven't I taken that on? And, uh, you know, part of it is because it's hard, you know. Yes. I don't get it. I can't – I made these carrots, the carrots that grew, yeah. you know, they look like little tiny gaucho pants. Yeah. They were all <laughs> bifurcated curly Q carrots. It's like, oh. I didn't prepare the soil properly. Well, at least you didn't see the the face of a saint on one of those carrots. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> then I think we would call the yeah. the men in the little white suits for yeah, you. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh man. Well, uh, you are you are an adventure. This, uh, uh, like I said, this takes a lot of gumption to do something like this. Um, you know. Uh, so you're still working. You're still working in the uh, environmental uh, area. I am. I work mm-hmm. part time as a hazardous waste inspector, and then the other part of the time, I I have a company called Pad Tiny Houses, and yeah. we teach. Yeah, we yeah. teach workshops. I I get to play carpenter with other people. It's nice. so fun, you know, and uh, get to encourage folks to you know examine their day to day and and figure out what what's actually you know working and not working in their house as far as their appliances and the mm-hmm. space that they have and, you know, come to terms with the fact that they, you know, never really use certain rooms of their house. And and then, you know, at, at our workshops, we try to, you know, demystify that and make it a little less clunky mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and uh, take that on. Yeah. You you mentioned PAD. Uh, that's the Portland Alternative Dwellings. Um, that's right. Right. And... Um, 
So you you put on workshops with other folks. Um, how how uh, how has this been received? Is this uh, is this a growing uh, uh, you know weekend thing for you? Is it? Is this it it is, and mm-hmm. it's it's been really fun. I mean, I started out. Uh, taking my little house to the sustainability fairs and Earth Day events and stuff like that. And then the idea was like, oh, let's teach a workshop. You know, Mm -hmm. people are interested in this. And then now, you know, there are workshops all over the country. Um, PAD is primarily located in Portland, and that's, you know, we encourage folks to come to Portland because it's a wacky city and everybody should experience that. Mm-hmm. Um, but there are workshops all over the country, that, and and people are interested in this stuff. And not because they necessarily need to build a little tiny 84-square-foot house like mine, but, you know, they want to they wanna build something that fits them. Mm-hmm. And a lot of our bigger houses don't really fit people. Right. Right. Um, yeah, I, I I grew up in New England. My dad was an architect, always conscious of style and stuff like mm-hmm. that. And um, I come out to Idaho about, I don't know, 25, 30 years ago. And I come out here and it's like, oh, yeah, 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 what are they doing out here? <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, and um, I'm, I'm always looking to... to to scale down because I'll get into a house and it's like, gosh darn it, you know, I didn't need this, I don't need this, I don't need this. Yeah, the location was fine, but for crying out loud, what's really important, you know? Right. I mean, you hoard all this stuff. Um, uh, I don't know. Um, you know, when I when I first bought my, my three-bedroom house, this is my first house, first and only, you know, big normal house, mm-hmm. um, it, was, it was in disrepair. You know, the rats were living in the basement, that kind of stuff, mm-hmm. <laughs> and slowly remodeling things. But uh, started in the kitchen and in this back in the bedrooms, you know, in the bathroom, in the front living room, huge room, really large room, uh, turned into a wood shop <laughs> and finished building my I built an 18 foot kayak. And uh, I just loved that it was in the spot that most people would have a couch, you know. Mm. And then, you know, years went by, and I finally got to the living room and, and rehabbed that, too, and moved the boat outside. But, you know, I I, I think I could have done without that living room. I loved it. <laughs> but, uh, you know, it's funny how we use space when, yeah. and over time. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, what I've learned is if, if you have more space, you fill it up. Oh, yeah. So you, you have to step back every now and then and go, well, wait a minute, you know. Oh well, even yeah. even even I have to deal with that in my little tiny house. I would think so. Yeah, I mean, I mean, hell, bringing bringing home groceries would be even a chore. It's like holy. Or God. having people visit, you know, yeah, a pair right. of shoes can be a tripping hazard all of a sudden. Yeah, but um, you know, I go, I I I, I talk right. about this in in my book. You know, I I walk into a store, and even though, you know, I have a practice of you know not buying very much, that hasn't. That practice hasn't changed my desire for stuff. Yeah. You know, it hasn't changed the fact that I'm still, like, perfect prey for anybody selling anything. <laughs> you know, I'm like, I am such a consumer at heart, to be honest with you. And so, you know, downsizing and, you know, taking a look at the story behind stuff and wanting to kind of walk my talk differently and live my life differently and have money to do other things. Right. Has been has been really a good practice for me to beat back my desire for the last last episode of you know that show the homeland <laughs> or um, <laughs> or 
whatever, you know, the latest gadget is, you know, I'm like, yeah. oh, everything would be better if I had a new S4 iPhone yeah. or whatever it yeah. is. Yeah, well, I think you hit the nail on the head. The the desirability, the desire to 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 uh, to um, uh, own something, to have something. This is this is a dynamic um, that's been going on since day one. You know, the neighbors got this, and I've got more money now, so you know, I need to get this. And uh, oh, the kids are gone now. You know, I don't have to worry about them. I can I can do you know I can play. I can buy this stuff. Blah 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 blah. But right. one seems to you know once you get down the road and that excitement and that. Uh, that uh, uh, just rush of, of, oh, I need this, I want it, I'm going to buy it, that goes away. And it looks like what you're really saying is you've found, you found an internal uh, component to yourself. you found something inside of you that has allowed you to reach out and enjoy life as it, as it really can be experienced, you know? I, I think that's true. Uh, I mean, I, I definitely feel like I, I double, you know, rethink my my desire for stuff. Um, but but I have to be honest, you know, a, a part of that dynamic is that, uh, you know, the thought is, now where am I going to put that? <laughs> I want a 72-inch plasma screen TV so that I can watch the Oscars. It's right. like, what am I going to hang that outside and sit on a lawn chair in the rain and watch my TV? So what the hell you know, are you going to so, do? You're going to you're going to live in this little <laughs> hut till you're 80 and you're smoking your pipe on on the uh, on the front porch. I mean, where are you going, girl? Oh, you know what? I would love to be 80. I uh you know when I when I built my little house, I moved into my friends Hugh and Annie Annie's backyard. They live in one house. Rita lives in the house next door and sure. mm-hmm. I I was uh lucky enough to help caretake Rita in her 80s and she passed away last year and I I just have to say, I, w- I would love to be somebody's 80-year-old. Um, and uh, whether it's in my little house or not, I don't care. It's, you know, it's really it's really about those relationships that you have with the people in your life. And yeah. I, I've been afforded wonderful people in my life living in my little house. And as long as that continues to be the case, then it seems like my little house is working. Yeah, yeah, it does. Um, are you living in the same spot as you were... Couple of years ago, um, I saw. I, I'm in the same spot. I've been in the same spot for ten years. There you go. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I caught a, a PBS um, uh, spot on you um, about a month or two ago, and it was very. I well. was younger then. You were younger, <laughs> honey. You're a good-looking chick. I don't. Care. I don't know how old hey, you are, but you're, you're good-looking. Thanks for babe. saying that. I'll send you. I'll send you a uh, a photo with the uh, the wrinkles. Um, fuzzed over well i'll do the same i'll I'll photoshop a photo and send it to you i'll I'll, I'll do the same (laughs) i see i have to smile now or else i look like crap so oh when i smile i look like the grinch no you don't no you got a beautiful shut up you got a beautiful smile come on i've I've earned those wrinkles i'll take them hey you know and you know it's funny um some years ago i realized a couple years ago that I wasn't as afraid of, uh, afraid of dying as I, I had been when I was building my house. You know, I was I was yeah. so mortified. Like, I felt like I was looking at life like, oh my God, I haven't done this and this and this and this and this. Yeah. And a couple of years ago, I was I was looking at my life and I was like, oh my gosh, I've been so lucky. 
I've done this and this and this and this and this. And um, and I feel satisfied. Mm-hmm. I mean, I feel pretty satisfied day in and day out. And uh, and then I was, you know, looking in the mirror, and it's like, man, I never thought I was going to have to deal with wrinkles. Shit. Like, man, and uh, my hair's turning gray. I didn't think I was going to have to deal with that. <laughs> you know, and, and my, in my writing the book, writing the big tiny, you know, it took about a year, and it was a lot of sitting around, and it's like, oh my god, my body turned into a beanbag. Yeah, right, right, How'd that right. happen? <laughs> my legs never used to go to sleep. <laughs> god. <laughs> Well, you know as well as I do. As we get older, we got to keep moving, and yep. you know, there's no other. Yeah. You know, eighty. Which would... is... Go ahead. No, I was just going to say, which is why, you know, uh, getting to finish the book and then uh, go on. I'm I'm on book tour, so I mm-hmm. I get to go to these different cities and meet these amazing people. I mean, I, I've been really so excited to be up and moving around and getting a chance to meet people and talk about tiny stuff. Uh, because it's people are excited about it mm-hmm. you know it's mm-hmm. it's a it's a really cool alternative for some people who are feeling kind of stuck and right. a little bit like uh, they're not sure what to do with their house or they're upside down in their mortgage and they're trying to figure out how to how to you know they're getting ready to have their third kid and can't figure out where the home office is supposed to go or you know there there are all these great stories that i get to hear from people who are interested in tiny stuff and it's good to be moving around and getting to do that. Well, the other thing is, you know, when you, I guess when you force yourself into a situation like this, you, you have to step through life a little differently. Um, your life is, is built around your relationships and, and the, uh, uh, the connection you've, you've uh, developed and built with people. And, you know, as we get older, we, we kind of, kind of, step back and go, you know, what is really important? What is really important are the relationships, are the friendships, are the fact that there are decent people out there. You know, the the world is not filled with with evil, crappy people. You know, there are some um, some out there, but but in general I think mankind is is uh is pretty forgiving. Uh, yeah, and I think, um, you know, one of the things that's been interesting for me over time in my little house is, you know, my, my connection to people is, has shifted and my connection to nature has shifted. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I wake up in the morning and I've, I've got, uh, you know, this big skylight over my bed and I, I can see what the weather's doing immediately. Mm-hmm. Or I can hear it, you mm-hmm. know, because mm-hmm. the roof is only a couple feet away from my head. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know you can't you can't listen to that day after day or you know for me living behind a, an octogenarian you know I can't wander over to Rita's house to help her do something and over time not have that change me yeah and I so you know the the more that we live out those relationships to nature and to each other you know it it changes us and it gives us I think a capacity to be more kind and generous and, and to, you know, take on these really difficult problems before us, like homelessness mm-hmm. and uh, global climate change mm-hmm. and, you know, the economy. And, you know, we've got all of these big challenges. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I, really, I really think that our ability to problem solve lies in how we look at each other. I think you're right. Uh, and there's a lot to be learned about nature, you know, um, uh, living in the woods. I've spent time in the woods hunting and camping and all that crap throughout my life and when i get out 
when I go somewhere where I've never, when I walk somewhere where I've never walked before, I'm overwhelmed by the awness of, of this world, of this earth. I mean, it's, it's freaking beautiful. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, I, I live in the city, so, you know, even, even the squirrels tightrope walking, the power lines are pretty cool. Yeah, they are. And, uh, you know, also nature's all over, you know, it's like, you know, we have, you know, porcupines that waddle down the alley and sure. seagulls that are dropping, you know, clams on the neighbor's carport. And, <laughs> you know, it's this urban natural environment that uh, I see differently and uh, and I love. I mean, we're we're pretty lucky that way. Yeah, we are. Yeah, we are. Well, I th- I think you can build a. You know what? Here's a great idea for you. You're scared to death about gardening. You're scared about killing the stuff you plant. Just <laughs> just find someone with a plot of land. Uh, I'll come out and help you start a community garden. Okay. Uh, perfect. You know that's that's actually the good the good solution. We have a an organization in Olympia called Grub. Mm. And I need to have a grub person come over and take me gently by the hand and, and show me what I'm doing wrong <laughs> or what I'm doing right. Maybe that's it. Let's focus on the positive. Well, I could, I could, um, I, maybe I could uh, supplement. Uh, yeah, I could. I could. I supplement. want the secret family recipes, buddy. Well, here's here's the other thing. <laughs> Here, I I I'm gonna be I'm gonna be starting to teach up at the. Uh, uh, college technology at Idaho State in Pocatello this September. I'm going to ke- teach oh, cool. Italian immigrant cooking. So, so here you go. You got your little house. Um, we're going to find a plot of land. We're going to do a community garden. I'll come out there and we'll pick tomatoes and cook a sauce right there on the spot. Get everybody hooked. <laughs> See, that's the name of the game. See? Build the life you dream. Yeah, right. We right. can do it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, important question. Lay it on me. What do you do for loneliness? You know, I'm not lonely very often, and uh, that that doesn't mean I'm not occasionally sad or mm-hmm. I, I don't feel isolated. And a part of that is because I, I really do live in a place that's beautiful. Olympia, Washington is one of you know, the most beautiful places on the planet in my mm-hmm. book. And, um, and I live close to my friends. Um, I think, I think for me, kind of recognizing that I'm not alone has been one of the most life-giving things that that I could do. I think a lot of people suffer with their sense of isolation yes. in their big giant house, or yes. their sense of isolation in a big city, yes. or out in the country even, and they they feel like they're not seen or heard. And um, and maybe maybe I felt that way a little bit when I was struggling with my heart stuff. I felt a bit isolated and alone in that, and over time, uh, over time, it's been worked out of me. Mm-hmm. I feel a lot, a lot more comfortable with, you know, the fact that I don't know what my future is with my heart, and mm-hmm. I don't know what my future is in the backyard. Mm-hmm. But uh, right now, it's it's good, and and that that's, that 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 gives you a lot of solace. Boy, I yeah, I would think so. You're you're a strong, gal. I. Uh, yeah, yeah, you're you're tough. <laughs> you're tough. Well, hence the the axe that I keep uh, nearby. <laughs> <laughs> what um what's your prognosis, D? Are you uh yeah, apparently you go to the doctor every now and then. I mean, you you still in the same shape as you were 10 years ago or or you uh, You know, my my heart has been pretty stable. Mm-hmm. Um 
they they the thing that they look at for heart function is your ejection fraction. That's what they call it. Mm-hmm. It's essentially, you know, how much, uh, what percent of, of blood coming into your heart is pumped out right. when when it mm-hmm. recharges. And mm-hmm. so I'm I'm at about you know it ranges between 18 percent and 42 percent over the last several years. So depending on the day of the test, you know, hmm. well, it, it, it varies, but I feel good. Mm-hmm. So I don't mm-hmm. need to look at the numbers. I, I quit looking at the numbers, good. to be honest. Good. Yeah. You, I, I think too, too much is uh, all about the stats yeah. and the numbers and, and you know what, it creates a lot of uh, anxiety and, right. you know, if you're, if you're not educated and don't really understand, uh, you know, the blood chemistry and, other factors, it just you can just consume yourself with uh, right. fear and guilt right. and everything else, and then th- there goes your life. I mean, right, right, and I, th- I think that's that's one of the good lessons I've learned living in my little house is that you know I don't need much to be happy. Yeah, and uh, I'm I'm happier taking a look uh, outside of my own little reality to how it's connected to the world and to uh, the people that live in the house in front of me, uh, <laughs> the person down the alley. And it, it, it has uh, made it a less, less frightful life and, and a, actually a pretty sweet life. Yeah. It sounds like you're very content. I am. I am. And, uh, you know, it's Earth Day, too, so I just love that, that people are out and about right now. It's my encouragement on Earth Day is to go outside and play. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Like I said, you know, the world's beautiful. You, you just got to open your eyes, I think. Yeah. I mean, everywhere I step, I try to see something that I didn't see before. Yeah. And once you understand that, I guess it does give you an appreciation for life. Um, right. As, as you know. Well, the big tiny. I built it myself. D. Williams. This is good. <laughs> hey, I want you to hang on after we say goodbye, okay? I want to okay, ask you a question. Okay, sounds good. But, um, so, do you have anything else uh, uh, going on in your life right now? I know you're on tour. You're you're flipping all over the the West Coast, uh, and uh, what's what's on anything on the horizon for you down the road? Where you just gonna yeah, keep doing I mean, what you're doing? Um, later, uh, yeah. I'm teaching some workshops for folks who are interested in going tiny, mm-hmm. and folks can learn about that through PadTinyHouses.com mm-hmm. and um, I'm also planning on taking a vacation, and I'm planning on hanging out with my friends and family more mm-hmm. this year. You know, the process of writing The Big Tiny was so interesting to me. Sure. Uh, it was, I think, maybe as hard as building my house, and it stretched me in new ways. Um, when I was building my house, I had to, you know, get a certain muscle memory you know, mm-hmm. by picking up sheets of plywood, and, <laughs> you know, that that physical challenge was exactly what I needed at the time. And writing this book has really helped me rifle through, you know, and and learn how to articulate what about my heart scares me and what about the world scares me and what about, you know, my life is awesome. You know, what right, makes me right, laugh, right, what right, cracks right, me right. up. And so, you know, I, I look forward this year to, you know, reveling in this, you know, awesome life I got uh, in front of me every single day, whatever that is. I don't blame you. 
All right. So if you come to Idaho, ever come to Idaho, please look me up. I'll cook you dinner. I'd love to. I'll teach you how to make uh, <laughs> make this Brooklyn sauce I grew up with. Ah, perfect. Yeah, perfect. it's really good stuff. <laughs> awesome. I'm well, in. Yeah, good, good. All right, D. Williams, the big tiny, great story of a uh, a pioneer. Uh, this gal uh, said the hell with everything. She uh, she built herself a uh, little home. She's found a way to uh, get inside of her heart and uh, live life the way she fully wants to. And kudos to you, baby. I'm I'm quite impressed. <laughs> Cheers to you. Thank you for your time. Thank you, Dee. It was great. Thanks Take a lot. Take care.